Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Talking about something that they call no-kill meat. Okay? No-kill meat, cultivated meat, call it what you want, meat grown in a lab. Um, a San, San Francisco-based company produces meat in a lab. They're not alone. There's actually a few that are doing this. The way that it works is they take cells from an animal through a biopsy, okay? They put them in a tank, then they feed them, essentially. They feed these cells with, you know, all the nutrients that cells need to grow, uh, and they do grow, and you end up with what they call meat, the original animal is unharmed, so you've got no-kill meat. Um, it's a giant step forward this week because the Food and Drug Administration in the United States deemed it safe. Now, it's not given the green light in every respect, but they have said, yeah, this stuff is safe for human consumption. Big, big step forward. Um, okay, so let's find out <laughs> all the details around this, when we might actually see it in store shelves, if we might, and why older people seem to just turn up their nose immediately. Let's find out. We're going to chat with Dr. Sylvain Charlebois, who is a professor and director at the Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie University. Uh, Sylvain, thank you for joining us again. I always appreciate your time. My pleasure. Okay. No-kill meat. Did I describe it correctly? Is that how they, uh, for lack of a better term, make this meat? Uh, well, no-kill meat is uh, something that the Americans uh, do use as uh, as a, an explainer for cultured meat. The cultured meat is probably the term that is mostly used in the scientific community, uh, and uh, other people will call it lab-grown meat as well. Uh, it's just I, I think a lot of people are moving away from from the word lab because uh, if you look at uh, some uh, some outfits in the in the United States uh, I mean these these labs have become plants really because you have to think <laughs> about producing these things on a much larger scale than just a little lab well that's the thing here now okay just to back up a bit this has been around for a long time this concept this ideal uh, a bunch of different developers have been working on this it's not brand new this is a long process right it's been going on for actually, uh, I think, almost two decades, really. But uh, over, I'd say over the last seven, eight years, you've seen uh, non-ag uh, venture capitalists uh, investing heavily in this space in the United States and in Canada. By the way, we I think there's probably twelve or thirteen startups right now looking at uh, producing. Uh, some sort of food in a in a, a synthetic matter, and so uh, so this is what we call cellular agriculture, so uh, synthetic agriculture, if you will. So there there is more interest, and, and the reason why there's more interest is uh, it, it's due to uh, to climate change, environment. Uh, a lot of people are concerned about the environment, and and frankly, over the last seven eight years, because of this influx of cash. They've been able to actually bring down the cost to produce a kilo of meat, for example. There, there are projects related to seafood, coffee, cocoa. When I mean, we talk about coffee being uh, subject to 
to climate change effects uh, in, in around the equator, uh, we we all know that it's going to become more difficult to produce coffee. Well, they're actually thinking of producing coffee beans in a uh, in a lab environment. So there's lots going on here. But the real the real story is that they've been able to actually bring down the cost to produce these things. Uh, even below uh, the market value of of products we all know uh, really? at the meat counter, really. Yeah. So they're they're producing this cheaper than what you know. Let's call it traditional meat, just for purposes of discussion. Yeah, Singapore has a mandate by 2030. Uh, the country wants 30 percent of all meat to be consumed uh, in Singapore to be produced in Singapore with no farmland at all. Well, how do you do that? Well, with labs, basically. And right now, uh, chicken, but basically uh, synthetic chicken, uh, lab-grown chicken is now allowed to be sold uh, in Singapore, and that price is lower than regular chicken. Wow, I'm surprised by that. Okay, now it seems to me... People on the text line, why? Well, why? Well, I think the reasons why there's there's a bunch of them, right? And one of the big ones is, as you mentioned, Singapore. Some of their, I mean, it, it it's about climate change. It's about environmentalism, correct? That's right. The the other layer, which which is why the no kill term is often used, is is that it can attract also people who are concerned about animal welfare. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of more discussion about that, especially with chicken. And um, I know poultry farmers and egg farmers have been subject to a lot of criticism over the years uh, around animal welfare in particular. Um, do you think it could change minds in terms of, like you say, when you talk about a lot of people who are vegetarian or vegan, uh, and part of their thinking around that is animal welfare, of course. Does this change that equation yeah. for them, do you think? Is there any research on that? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, we've done some research on that uh, over the last few years. Uh, If you're over fifty, if you're over forty-five, chances are you're listening to this conversation. You're going, "Yuck! I'm not interested at all." But the millennials and the the younger generations are absolutely interested. Actually, more than eighty percent of millennials and and generations as would be willing to try a uh, a. a product like that so it's not it's not allowed in canada it's still not allowed in the u.s they still have to get the approval of the usda but this week's approval of the fda was a huge step forward so it's just a matter of time before the americans see um, lab-grown chicken uh in stores does it have you ever tried it have you ever seen it or have you heard it does it taste the same is the texture the same can you tell the difference uh, I, I was supposed to taste uh, lab-grown chicken uh, in 2020 in May, but uh, because of COVID, my ah. my trip to Chicago was canceled. But I did, I was able to actually try 
cream cheese made from uh, made with precision fermentation. So no no milk involved, no cows involved. Uh, it was actually produced in Israel in Tel Aviv. It was shipped to me uh, in Halifax. Tried it and I couldn't I couldn't tell the difference. It was actually cheese that I got and I couldn't tell the difference between regular cheese and um, and and the cheese I got. So it was pretty impressive. Cellular agriculture is really getting more and more attention. Uh, in in America, I think it's really a question of time before it gets uh, it right. becomes legal. In Canada, we have marketing boards. I'm sure our friends uh, um, in in the poultry business will have something to say about that. We have billions and billions of dollars of quotas in Canada, and obviously they would be impacted by what would happen. The other issue, of course, is labeling. I think I think consumers deserve to know. Right now, we have genetically modified salmon being sold everywhere in Canada. Nobody knows where it is because it's not labeled. I think for cellular agriculture, it's important for consumers to know where those products are instead of just mixing uh, lab-grown chicken with the rest of, of the products we have. Would we not know? I, I guess that's the question. Like, does it? Would the taste be the same, the texture? I mean, would it be so... Uh, well, I guess it is meat. I mean, would, would, is there any way of telling what the difference is? No, no. Uh, I would go even further. I mean, you can basically design the perfect chicken for you. Let's say, for example, you're anemic. Yeah. You need more iron. You can actually add more iron to the meat. You know, it's it's just it's limitless. It's incredible what you can do. But I but I do know I did uh, talk. Some of my friends who are food scientists in the United States have tried. Um, these products, uh, the, the product that was actually approved by the FDA, and, and, and just, they just can't tell the difference. It's the same texture, same look. Uh, the production cycle is the same. It's just the scale uh, to feed cells. Instead of feeding an animal with corn, you're feeding cells with corn. That's basically the difference. Um, <laughs> and there's some, some of the massive meat industry players are involved in this right like i think i think i read that tyson chicken which is enormous they've got a stake in this so i mean this is this is coming right sylvain upside food which is the company that just got uh, the approval from the fda is funded by yes bill gates and and um and uh mr branson of course uh but it is also and this is really the interesting part it's it's funded by tyson foods uh, and Cargill, and those are huge players in livestock. So you can see that could, these companies are fully aware of what's going on here. Uh, they're they're not hedging against animal proteins, but they're certainly seeing that a, a crop of new customers are coming into the marketplace with a different point of view. How long do you think before you know we're heading out into the backyard to barbecue up a, a lab-grown steak? I mean, is that something we're going to see in two years, five years, ten years? Uh, I, it all depends on the politics in Canada, which is really weird. In Canada, we don't tend to embrace uh, innovation all that much when it comes to animal proteins, unfortunately. Um, so I, in America, I think it's a, it's a matter of months. But wow. uh, I do know that America will have a huge say uh, or will pressure Health Canada to approve this. But again, I'm going back to the marketing boards. I think the marketing boards, uh, which are incredibly powerful in Canada, will probably have something to say about this. Oh, for sure they will. For sure they will. It, it's a really interesting conversation, though. Uh, Dr. Charlebois, thank you for being here. I appreciate your time as always, sir.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.